politics Some culture and craft beer Politics And that is why you're here Politics Bottoms up Welcome to Bottoms Up Fred and Blotto discuss the politics of today, the culture of our lives, and the beer of our state. Bottoms Up, episode Double Nickels. This is our uh, Smokey the Bandit tribute episode. <laughs> Going back to the days of CBs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nah, not really. <laughs> I don't we're know, now a- in the days of... CBDs. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. I don't know. When I was thinking of 55, it's like, 55, what could that be? And I was like, oh, yeah. I was thinking double nickels from the old CB days. And then a minute ago, I was just thinking, thinking about the Sammy Hagar. Sammy Hagar, right? Can't that's, drive that, 55. That's, that's the first thing yeah. I think of. Yeah. So, anyways, 55, double nickels. That's where we are. How's everyone doing today? Blato? I'm doing terrific. Yeah. You know, running around a little little uh, ragged today, uh, but now I'm just happy to be in the chair and focus on what's really important. And you have pulled your head out of your ass, uh, so we can proceed? I think so. Like I said, it's been kind Excellent. of a, a rushed morning, a rushed... <laughs> uh, it's been a really busy week, actually. Not not all of us have the time to go, you know, leisurely floating along the waves in the uh, Caribbean and... Uh, I don't think Nobs does, right? Nope. Uh, Someone's got the time or money to do that. (laughs) Uh, But now, uh, Fred, you're back from vacation, right? Yes, sir. Uh, And uh, I'm uh, assuming it was terrific. It was a wonderful time. Yeah, yeah. This is our third cruise. Um, Of the three, the the weather was probably the most questionable on this one because the other two were just picturesque from start to finish. But uh, it was like around 80 most time but real windy it seemed everywhere we went which mm. kind of sucks a little bit a little bit a little bit when it's windy beat yeah. snow and then we had one day on the ship where uh, it was rocking and mm. i don't get seasick very often but i actually was taking the dramamine and broke into cold sweats a couple of times uh-huh. <laughs> yeah we, we were like no shame the, no shame no we were on the second level of that boat and when we were cruising that night that it was rough the waves hitting the side of it literally sound like the boat was coming apart. Mm. So I, I actually put earplugs. I think that's cool, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so terrifying. It's kind of hard <laughs> no, to sleep I, when when it sounds like the boat's getting chipped away. <laughs> I, I, there's no icebergs yet in the Caribbean, even though they're breaking off of Antarctica probably yeah. at record pace, right? Mm. You know, I mean, you could have gone to Antarctica for 65 degrees. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> breaking records there. Yeah. But yeah, all in all, it was great. I mean. Yeah. We had a good time. It flew by, ate too much, drank too much, but that's the law. That's yeah. what you do when you go on a cruise. So, but now we're back in the. Yeah. And then if and you know if I'm missing next week, yeah, just take note that you know your vacation is in the Caribbean, and mine's going to be in Alaska in February. <laughs> so when are you leaving for that? I, I leave Tuesday, and I got this Tuesday. Uh, yeah. Two days from now. Yeah. Oh wow. T- Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, my. The kind of the, the business end of things, and then uh, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, gonna have a little fun doing some winter sports. Hmm. So, what are we gonna do about next week's episode, there, knobs? 
Well, I think we're away anyway. Well, are we going to go mobile sans him? We could try. Okay. Oh, you got the TC thing? Mm-hmm. Ah. Yeah. Traverse City is Friday through Monday. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we'll all be out of, out of here. You Well, you, yeah, you guys should. Yeah, we'll pack it up and we'll take yeah, it. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll wing it. You'll have guests uh, available. Yeah, a couple. Yeah. <laughs> a couple retreads. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's get to the Bill, proofs. The only one who wouldn't be a retread would be Joe Reezy, but we can't seem to get her no. to, to come on the air. But you never know. Stranger yeah. things have happened. Bring the right kind of... Incentive. <laughs> Incentive. <laughs> I, was trying, I was trying to think of a good word. <laughs> Motivator. <laughs> yeah, so... To anyway, the beer. Beer, beer, beer. To the beer. To the beer. To be fair. Okay, I was the procurer of brews this week and we went back to midland brewing company for the lumberjack brawl american wheat um why did i get this well i wanted to go back to a brewery we hadn't hit in a while and plus i really like the uh the graphics with the lumberjack arms crisscross with the double bladed axes is pretty slick looking label it's 5.5 on the alcohol level. You didn't mention that the can is a tree. Oh, you're it's, it's right. Wooded. It's wooded. I was going to pass a wood it tone to it. Um, yes, that's very important. And it, is it? 22 IBU. So that'll plus I plus I got this for Blotto because I know he likes the wheats and uh, we got to be fair. But no, you know, I do all kinds, right? Uh, it says you know it's an interesting little story on this can. Um, talks about uh, Tahoma uh, coriander, Tahoma hops, orange peel, and inspired by Saginaw Valley's most infamous brawl between Silver Jack Driscoll and Saginaw Joe Fournier. Ooh. So I, I, I think that requires a little bit of research to understand what the brawl was yeah. between Silver Jack Driscoll and Saginaw Joe, a couple lumberjacks that had to settle some kind of dispute, I guess. Um, and so this beer is in tribute to them. Nice color. Uh, it, is a, it is a very, very nice color. Um, really a nice golden brown. Maybe it, you can see that orange in there. I can, I can smell the orange. Um, I probably can smell the coriander. I just don't know what that smells like. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? Well, I guess not funny, but... When I read the can, I, I must not have paid that much attention to wheat beers that we've done in the past as far as ingredients because the coriander jumped out at me. And, yeah. And I, I like coriander. I like Indian food, and they use a lot of coriander in Indian food. And so that was a, kind of another reason I grabbed it, like, oh, coriander, that's cool. And then I happened to look at a couple other wheats and was like, oh, there's coriander there too. So that must be like a typical ingredient for wheat beer, but I was not aware of that. Um, I can certainly taste some of the spiciness to it, and um, I, I'm going to assume that that it's it's in there. Um, like I said, my uh, my knowledge and and, and uh, identification of spices is probably not what it ought to be. Um, uh, it it does it does linger. Mm-hmm. It, you know, and I don't know why it's lingering so much. Uh, typically, wheat beers don't. Yeah, it's they, pretty they low on the stop. They, they're pretty low on the IBUs, um, uh, but I can still still taste it. 
Is that a negative? Positive? Uh, maybe, or? maybe a negative. I'm gonna because um, it, it it starts really easy. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. my first sip was really more like four guzzles, and <laughs> uh, thirsty today. Yeah, a little bit, but uh, because it tasted really good. So on the front end, I really, really liked it. On the on the on the back end, um, maybe not so much. So yeah, it's it's still there. Yeah. Yeah. On the back of the tongue. Which I guess you could also say that it's got a pretty strong mouth feel, right? I mean, because it's there still. And, um, you know, for a, being a middle-of-the-road ABV, I would expect it to be a little bit thinner. But it's not a thin beer at all. I agree with everything you just said, which is surprising. <laughs> <laughs> we go out of our way not to agree yeah, with you. Yeah, especially today. You guys are mad at me, so. Um <laughs> No, I had the exact same reaction. That first drink was like, oh, this is really good. Then there's just that flavor that lingers and lingers and is still there. And I think we talked last week about dry hops and how you don't want it to really linger a lot. Right. And this, even though it's not hoppy, the flavor is lingering behind. Uh, maybe, maybe that's the Tahoma hops, you know? Um, because I, I, it's, I, I catch the orange peel on the front end. I'm not catching that in the yeah. in the linger, but uh, you know I, I would imagine that they are really like this beer. Like I think again, you know, we talk about quality beers. I think this is a quality beer. Uh, I think they achieve what they wanted to get out of it. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, I probably would have to recommend it to others to try, you know, and and, and kind of get their opinion as well. Um, uh, so maybe as it as as the back end starts to my taste buds get accustomed to it, uh, we'll see how I feel at the at the end because it could change. It it literally feels like it's sitting on the back of my tongue on like your right glands. before my yeah yeah. It's, it's like it's almost like I can mentally picture it sitting there. It's still there. It is yeah. Like it's 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 uh. So so you figure that have that has to be intentional that, that they were going for that because. Otherwise, why would that be there, you know? That doesn't seem like it's something that would get past the brewers. It Uh, seems intentional to me. Correct. Yeah. I do like the flavor, though. It's it's refreshing. That's that that front end, right? That's where I started drinking it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting beer, actually. Yeah. You know? And and that scores points there because it's interesting. Look at all the talk. It's... Elicited from us. So it's, not as as, it's not as much talk as we had last week about the beers, is it? Oh, uh, my gosh. Thank, <laughs> thank goodness for fast forward. <laughs> well, I just thought it was unusual as much chatter as there was on this a beer that nobody seemed to like. But, man, you guys are droning on. And I was like, wow. What, what is we had a lot this, of tangents. What is with this yeah, beer? Yeah, we, we did. Yeah. And I, I, I've done that before with lefty is half tangents and mm. i don't know you know why he gets me going off in different in different directions you know we went out last night we went over to the roke brewery in, in royal oak had some good beers there yeah. uh i could have sworn we had done devil dog oatmeal stout but i was looking through the reviews and i think it's another one of those where i thought i saw it sitting on a shelf and therefore mm-hmm. you know oh we've done that beer already uh but we had a really Tasty barrel aged. Uh, it was interesting. The beer menu, they had them done by tiers based on price, but then kind of based on ABV as well. The higher the price, the higher the, the, higher the ABV. 
we both picked some beers from tier two, I think, or tier three. He got a porter and I got an amber. Well, on the flip side of the menu were the tier four and fives, which were these barrel aged, and we didn't see. So we're like, oh, and so the, the guy said, well, because I, I should have pointed that out. And when he brought over the, 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 the pints for us, and I said, I had an amber and he had a, uh, a porter, I think. And we said, you know, we probably would have rather had these because <laughs> that's kind of what we were after. We'd already had dinner, you know, and didn't see anything darker on the menu until we'd already ordered. They brought us over two snifters of the, hmm. of the, of the expensive beers. Gratis? Yeah. Hey, now. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. See the squeaky wheel syndrome. Yeah, you know, it's the right customer service to do. And, you know, so then I'm drinking two beers. So now I'm like taking a sip of this amber, which was good, and then doing a sip of the <laughs> of the barrel aged stout. It was. Poor taste buds are screaming. Yeah. <laughs> stop, make it stop, make it stop. And Lefty was doing the same thing. Well, you anyway. got to keep them both going because you don't want either one to get warm. You know what I did, though? What's that? When I got the amber low enough, I poured it in. <laughs> I poured in the, the about an inch left of the snifter. I poured it in. Sexy it and good. classy. It was. Uh, <laughs> That's the second time I've heard of you mixing beer. I. I hey, why not? Yeah. Why not? How, I mean, it's just going to give you a new flavor. You know. You may have a future in that. Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> Um, okay, well, so we don't talk too much about beer. Let's get to the politics. Um, where do you want to start there, Fred? Um, well, probably to re. Did you guys talk about um, last Sunday? No. Is that when you guys did the podcast? Was it on Sunday? Yes. Because that's when everything really sort of started, wasn't it? That, uh, that they um, pulled. No, no, that's the, when they filed. Filed what? The the stone recommendation. No, it wasn't until. Minutes. No, actually, that wasn't until Tuesday. This is all very. I got my day so screwed up. Okay, so you, what what you're talking about? And I'm going to lay out the timeline as I understand it because the timeline is really important here, and it. It's really telling the truth, regardless of what Trump and Barr are saying, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. the, you know, the propensity to lie here is is not in question, <laughs> and and you know, for people that want to, you know, just like tangent, but just like they're saying, you know, that firing Vinman wasn't retaliation. You know, they can say whatever they want. But like you always point out, A is A, right? right. I, I mean, let's not kid ourselves about it. So, well, if you if you want proof of A is A, they took his brother to boot. Uh, and again, to do well, with again it. that wasn't retaliation <laughs> either, right? You know, carry on. Sorry, yeah, no, no. Uh, so on, it was it was a Tuesday that the prosecution went to the judge in the Stone case and recommended seven to nine. Right. And then that afternoon, Barr steps in and says, no, 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 no. We're recommending something less than that. Reasonably and, less. Yes. And according to 
Barr's own words, this is the way it went down, and this is what we're supposed to believe. This was from that ABC interview, right? Okay. Uh, Monday, the lead prosecutor comes into Barr's office and says, we're going to recommend the max 7 to 9 on Stone tomorrow. And Barr's story is, he says, I think we need to be more flexible than that. Figure out a way to, the only word that he really used was more flexible, and that we're going to maybe not do that, we're going to be more flexible. And that prosecutor says, okay. And then according to Barr, then he does exactly what he promised, he doesn't do what he promised Barr, and he goes to the judge on Tuesday morning and recommends the 7 to 9, and then Barr comes back and says, that's not what we talked about, we're going for something more reasonable. So we're supposed to believe that this prosecutor goes to the AG's office, they agree upon something, and then he defies the AG the very next day. No. Like, like it, 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 that is beyond the pale to even consider that this career prosecutor. No, no, this that was that Shea guy, the guy who had, that they replaced Lou. Yeah. So right, his guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah his, his appointee. His guy is, is going to... Um, uh, defy an agreement that he had with Barr 12 hours later. Didn't Barr in that interview also imply that either Barr himself or this Shea guy, before the filing was put in, had talked to the four prosecutors that were on the case and they kind of just decided they were just going to do it anyway? Didn't he sort of imply that, that they they didn't follow the command that was coming down from him? Well, that's really all. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what Barr's been saying. Them. Yeah, he's blaming them. Now, if that was really the case, then if that was truly the case, you'd have grounds really for those guys to be dismissed, perhaps. I mean, it's pretty egregious. Not, not the maybe it's a slap in the hand, wrist. I don't know, but you know, um, but that just doesn't, you know, that then that's not what happened. So then Barr comes down and says, "We're going to lower the sentence," and those guys are like, "No, that's we never agreed to that." And that's why they quit. Like we're, we're we're not going to to live under the idea that you're you're going to uh, do favors for the president, you know. Uh, and then the president's tweet what came out on Tuesday. Tuesday night at two. Well, actually Wednesday morning at two in the morning. Okay. So really? Oh no! Wait. Wait a minute. No, I, I think that's right. Cu- so if if that comes out Wednesday night, see see Barr didn't issue his statement until Wednesday, Wednesday right. saying, yeah, now, why didn't Barr issue a statement on Tuesday afternoon, right? If they weren't doing the 7 to 9, and those guys go to 7 to 9, Barr should be out there saying right away, no, wait a minute, you guys screwed up. Remember, we had a deal, right? He waits till the president tweets, then comes out and says, we had this conversation, and those guys defied me. It doesn't. It doesn't pass any smell test. At you know all. what else doesn't pass a smell test about it is Barr trying to imply that this is normal standard operating procedure that these guys out of these federal district offices they have the the guidelines for sentencing, but we always knock it down a little bit when in fact they don't. They don't. They never do, and that's the reason. They have a um, sentencing guideline. guideline 
so they have a guideline to use and they come in between the the minimum and maximum why would they have a guideline and not use it and the, and that minimum maximum is also based on you know fairly empirical kinds of 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 points in the case you know like was the whip witness cooperative mm-hmm. you, you know you know did he help with additional information or additional investigations because these are federal stuff this isn't you know local crime and was he hostile uh, you know those kinds of things and he didn't meet any of the thresholds that would move you down closer to the minimum and so the only option they really had was the maximum uh, you, you know people can debate whether seven to nine is um is right for a guy that lies to Congress and lies to investigators and tampers with a witness. I, I'm I'm perfectly willing to have that debate. But the fact is that That's in the guidelines. That's the guidelines. And that's what they were seeking to do. And um you know, I, I would I would take that debate on and say, you know what, maybe seven isn't too much. Uh, you know, I, I think one of the things in this country that we have really backwards is you know, white-collar crime gets away with a hell of a lot more and costs society a lot more. Costs society. Blue-collar crimes and violent crimes, you know, they hurt society, but they hurt individuals more. Right. You know, in, in, in the context of combined, they do hurt society, right? But they still are, generally speaking, uh, you know, against single individuals or, you know, a group of individuals when... You know, cases like Enron screw hundreds of thousands of people, you know. Uh, You know, the shenanigans of the 2016 election, right? You know, paying off a porn star so she doesn't come out with her story. That's screwing America, right? So the punishment really ought to be commiserate with the impact and not just the deed itself. And... uh, uh, you know, so I don't, I don't know what the right answer is. You know, and certainly, yes, there are rapists that get less time than Roger Stone might be asked to get. But I'm not, I'm not certain that's a bad thing. Maybe the rapist doesn't get enough time. You know what I mean? That, but I'm not sure that what people like Roger Stone uh, do isn't more harmful to society and to America and to democratic institutions and those kinds of things. You know, witness tampering is pretty serious stuff. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's really serious. Yeah. And and then another thing to consider in a case like Roger Stone is think of the, the crap he was pulling with this judge twice. Right. He he defied her gag order. You go, and, Max. And, you and go then Max. there was that picture that with the target. He, mm-hmm. With the target, a, a crosshair, like a rifle crosshair yep. next to her head. Right. I, I'll tell you what, I thought she was more than... Lenient with him. Lenient with him. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to take that kind of stuff in, into consideration. He's he's pretty much laughing in her face, defying all these court orders. He's no dummy. He he, he understands. In well, the, he is a dummy. But. In, the, in, the, in the sentencing memo that they put into the judge, and I, I, the wording of it was really good, but basically it said... You know, that what they're asking for is because of his lying uh, uh, to the investigators uh, regarding his involvement in 
the stolen emails uh, from the DNC. And essentially, this comes back to the collusion thing. And if Stone tells the truth, it's basically collusion game over. Like, however you want to define collusion, right? But if, if Trump knew that the DNC emails were hacked, and who had them, and he knew about that, and he doesn't turn that into the FBI, to me, that's collusion. And pretty much, that's what they're, what, what they're putting Roger Stone up for, because they know Roger Stone knew this, they know that he told Trump, and he's not fessing up to that. You know, and his counterpart has already fessed up to it. Uh, uh, Gates. Yep. Yep. Right. So, so in Gates's testimony, he's saying, "Yeah, Roger knew, and Roger probably told the president." And knows like the day in the phone call that it happened. They were in like a limo or something, and that's the stuff. So, you know, all of Stone's lies were to protect the president, and if that, you know, it, it's it's kind of interesting. Like it. It's come out, but it's not come out in a way that says, yeah, I told the president that the Russians had the DNC server emails uh, before they were released. You know you know what I think about them coming at him with that, the maximum, the seven to nine? I don't understand why dumbasses like Barr gets involved with that because, hear me out, my thinking would be, the the more hard they're on stone, that gives dear leader more leeway to go for the pardon, saying he was sentenced unfairly. But every time what these guys do is they they <laughs> they're not smart. They put they, their heads up no, their asses they, they, and they do stuff like this. It's like you could have avoided. It. It's like getting rid of uh, the ambassador. Know. Why would you go through this convoluted scheme? What was her name? Yayanovich. Uh, Yayanovich. Why would you go through this thing, get Lev and Igor and Rudy and all these people threatening her? You, you have the power to just relieve her post, recall her, and replace her. But no, they, they, they don't know how to do it. It's like they almost feel like they have to go through these gangster gyrations. It's or, that or they 3D don't chess f- that they're playing, see, Fred. You're not getting that, <laughs> you know? Everything has to be a crime, even if they could do it legally. <laughs> well put. Bottoms uh, up. I like that. He sits back, hasn't breathed a word, and comes out with a good one. But think about that. They, they should have just let it go. And that to me, that gives Ding Dong more yeah. leeway yeah. in pulling off a pardon. Yeah. But now it turns into this big shit storm, and here we go. But it's good it for us. I mean, it, it's revealing a bunch if, of stuff. And, you know, not that they care. See, that's the problem. But they don't also don't care about how blatant things look when they screw up like this, right? Because now, yeah, if if Trump pardons Stone... Which it, he's it, going to. Right. It, but it looks worse, right? When if he would have never touched the Stone case, and then, you know, after the sentencing, he's saying, you know what? You know, I don't think what my friend did was all that bad. The prosecutors were overzealous, and I'm partying, pardoning him. There would be an outcry, but not like there will be now when the whole thing looks like it's being tampered with. Oh, absolutely. Right? And and, and, and has been tampered with. But, yeah, they just can't think that, that far ahead. Not, not, not at all. Um, do you think that... Um, uh, Trump doing the text and then Barr's reaction. 
you know, do you think that Barr needs to have direction from Trump to know what Trump wants? No, I think right. it's all implied. Right. So there's no memo, right? There's probably not even a conversation. Not even a wink and a nod. I Cur- think cr- they're both. Other than the tweet. But <laughs> well, I think but the tweet's not directed at Barr. The tweet's directed at the base. I think Barr's idea of what the executive should be, dear leader, is bought into it. And they're both working together towards that. Well, like it's just it's implied. My my brother was saying that when when Barr came out and said the the president's tweets make it impossible for me to do my job, that that's a that's that's a nail in the coffin for for Barr. That 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 Trump won't stand for people saying things like that, and he's closer that much closer to being you know the, the the next guy out the door from from this administration i disagree in this case so do i um, i i think i think it's all get, part of the ruse yeah yeah I, I i think it's all orchestrated right i mean Barr says that to try and give himself a little bit of cover right and then you know if there is that conversation with trump it's it don't worry about what i say worry about what i do and i got your back well, that, that statement you just said by Barr, think about what that's oh, really saying. Oh, the, 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 some of the, the media has statement. caught on to this. Some of the media, they're fucking stupid. They're just, it, it's so infuriating. I, but finish. Tell well, the peoples. <laughs> his job is to create the situation of the executive the way they see it. And every time Trump, every time dear leader tweet something which exposes it, it puts this spotlight on Barr trying to do his job for the president, which is create this untouchable, godlike executive. Right. Yeah, he's not, the way he said it and what he meant were not that I can't do my job impartially. As an impartial Attorney General for the United States of America. It's people. that he's exposing my impartiality. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what he... And he's, he's complaining about that part oh, right. That. That's the part he complained about. I want to cover his ass, but he makes it seem like I'm covering his ass, so that's harder for me to do. You know? <laughs> Spotlights on, cockroaches scramble. But they don't scramble. See, that's the thing. Oh, they're, they're not these cockroaches. They, they don't they scramble. They put their sunglasses on and continue on. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've been reading a lot of articles lately about how the way that corruption becomes part of the norm is to do it in broad daylight, to do it under the spotlight, to flaunt it and say, yeah, you know, you know, do something about it if you want. And that's the way that uh, um, things really... Um, uh, change fundamentally with you know like democratic institutions is that level of corrupt because the the corruption that's hidden then that gets exposed and then those people look bad you know but you know number three and his minions have figured out look at we're not getting in trouble for anything so we just do it in the open and make it seem like this is the new America so it's that normalization. And uh, and it's just getting worse, right? I mean, you know, is this just another? You listen to his statements uh, since the the the, the Stone Cafe, and they're all about I can do what I want. 
I don't. I, I, I didn't interfere on this in investigation and censoring, but I can if I want to. I and have that right. I have that legal right to do it. And, and and so that's just blatantly just coming out right in the open and and and, and just saying, you know, screw checks and balances, uh, screw democratic norms, screw rule of law. Uh, I'm a king, and if I want to put my hand on this uh, uh, on on this case, you know, this this investigation, whatever it might be, I can do that. And I have the AG to, to to back me up. And speaking of that AG, not only is he messing around with the Stone thing, come mm-hmm. to find out, mm-hmm. almost from day one, he was meddling in the SDNY, uh, the cases against Dear Leader. Yes, he has been trying to. Yep. They said that he was over there almost immediately. Mm-hmm trying to push those guys around and they're supposed to be the unpushable but correct yeah you know you, we haven't heard anything else come out of the the like the michael cohen deal he's the only one ends up in prison and and apparently barr has yeah. gone into sdny and unindicted kind of, co-conspirator number one is uh we haven't heard about right. that anymore have we right and then he they're also he brought in those other um prosecutors, federal prosecutors, I think from Missouri, St. Louis, and they're now crawling around into the D.C. department. Right. Going after the, looking into the the Mike Flynn thing. All those cases that came out of D.C. So now you got Barr coming in, swinging it around in all these different places and interfering. Not just with the Stone thing, but all these other big cases that are sensitive to the presidents. Right, yes. I mean, I don't know how many other cases he seems to take personal interest in outside of what affects the president, but that certainly seems like, you know, what his focus has been. Um, you know, the, the lead prosecutor for the Cohen and Manafort case, she was up for a job in the Treasury Department, and typically, again, the norm would be you wouldn't move out of your post until you had your nomination confirmed. Right. Barr tells her, no, you got to go. And he plugs Shay in. And so he her plugs in her guy. Pulls Lou, she, 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 plugs in Shay. She takes a, a you know uh, a sidestep while she's waiting for the Treasury Department thing to happen. And then, you know, whatever it is, a couple weeks later, uh, you know, dear leader, Pulls her nomination from the Treasury Department. Buckus. So now she's completely out, and and at it's a slow roll, right? I mean, okay, Barr says, "Hey, look, you're going to get this other job, you know, move over, right?" I, I would bet you someone like Maddow was on it, right? I mean, she probably realized why is this person being, you know, taken out of this role when she doesn't have her new job yet, right? But for the rest of the world, most people aren't even paying attention to that and and then most most people aren't paying attention to the fact that she wasn't even uh, no longer nominated for that job That's... and it's just you know things like that but it's not really hidden it's just that uh, they're just banking on people that don't really care that much you know and the media's ineptitude to follow anything through as they you know look for the next shiny object you know what I do not, for the life of me, understand is... Quantum physics. 
Well, no, I do. Oh, oh, You've okay. never asked me, but uh, I'd be happy to talk to you about quantum physics. Wormholes? I know wormholes. <laughs> I've seen one or two in my yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't want to know. Peter Griffith has agreed to testify on March 31st. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about a slow roll. March. <laughs> and I'm... I can't understand that. It's like, why isn't his fat ass sitting in a chair with a subpoena on his lap right now? Okay. What are they're not they going to They're not going to subpoena him. What are they waiting for? All right. Well, what are they waiting for? What? I don't know. What possibly are they going to be doing between now and March 31st that they can't get him in there and start getting some of this stuff answered? Okay. But because I think you're putting some kind of wait into the idea that his answers will matter. Oh, no, no. He, he, he's going to do the curly shuffle, and they won't get a straight answer. He'll, I, I think he'll give pretty, some fairly straight answers. You do? Don't I you remember his, uh, over the Mueller thing, the Mueller report? Right, right. But, I, but I, he's going he's gonna to let us know his position, and it's kind of what I just said. But screw you. Come after me about it. What are you going to do about it? I could sit here in this chair and tell you I'm making corrupt decisions <laughs> and nothing is going to happen. Um, still, I, I don't understand the way. He wouldn't sit in that chair if he knew he couldn't get away with whatever he wanted to. He wouldn't do it. I mean, you know, you, you hear some people talking about impeachment and I'm in favor of it. I mean, you know, impeach everybody. <laughs> I you don't get care. impeached. You get impeached. <laughs> Everyone gets impeached. I wonder <laughs> over and over again, right? I don't. I don't care how many times, but but that's it's not going to happen either. So when does the bar get involved with the bar? You know, like like Roy Cohn, he was disbarred, and he went to prison for the crap he. There, there have been uh, complaints already filed against Barr from for, because of basically the Mueller thing, his re- misrepresentation of the Mueller report. Um, they're not, they're not going to. You're not going to go up against the AG. They did with Cohn. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it, it just seems to me they they got to do something quicker. Yeah, that, that that's I guess my point is. I agree with you. But yeah, yeah. What in the world are they waiting for? <laughs> You're giving them more leeway to weave some more webs or whatever they're up to. I mean, come on, stop them. Try and stop them. Come back from your vacations. You know, it never ends. It doesn't. Right. You know. So who do you want to slap more, Bill Barr? Collins, Susan Collins. Who would you like to slap more? <laughs> I've been thinking about this. If you, you had one good swing, like you see those slapping contests on Facebook. Yeah, those are so silly. Like over in Russia, yeah. they're just wailing on each other and just slapping the crap out of you. Who would you like to slap more, uh, Susan Collins or Bill Barr? Think of, think I, of the statements I, okay, that Bill well, Barr made. I'm not in favor of violence, okay? Especially violence. Theoretical slap. Theoretical slap would be on Susan Collins. Susan Collins, good. Because she's, again, Barr doesn't have any problem just throwing it out there with his attitude of we're going to do what we want. I mean, I, I really think he'll, 
he'll give himself plausible deniability. He'll be careful with his words. You know, like, I'm struggling with the word suggest. Ugh. Okay? <laughs> and, and you know what? Let's ask him that question again, right? Have you figured out the definition of suggest? <laughs> um, uh, but, but I think overall he's like, you know what? If, they, if somebody wants to read into this into the worst possible way, good for them. They figured it out, right? I, I, Susan Collins is the it's the slap that says just wake up like okay you're either two things and possibly both right a complete moron right an Mm -hmm. absolute dunce Mm -hmm. (laughs) or you're you're the worst kind of liar like you know what it is Mm -hmm. and, and 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 you know what's going to happen and you're just lying about the rest of it to try and you know pick off a few of those in the middle voters or whatever whatever her deal is um you know in in maine whatever i i I don't understand her electorate well you know she she, she's a moron (laughs) because (laughs) nobody could believe that dear leader is going to change his way he's not going to learn a lesson about anything right What, what why would she even suggest that that that's not even plausible deniability no no that in that case it's not no it, it's 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 just trying to come up with an excuse now but the, she's a moron if she believes it she's a liar if she doesn't that's what i'm getting at you know i, I i'm trying to think of the scenario where she could be both she's a lying moron <laughs> there you go <laughs> uh-huh. She, you know, you could be a moron about some things and a liar about other things, you know. What did uh, you think of the uh, the 1100X uh, DOJ people putting a letter together? I don't think it means a shit. I, I get tired of that it, stuff. It's just like that. Mueller stuff. The Mueller stuff. With yeah, the nobody gives a crap. You know, it's it's, it's fodder for the news. Um, it's, you know... Um, uh, bullet points, you know, if you're arguing with the Trumpster, if you want to throw out 1,100, you know, prosecutors have said this was wrong. Um, but it doesn't move the needle very much at all, unfortunately. Mm. I don't think so. You know, it's just like it, it, it's just like John Kelly coming out and saying anything against the president. Go away, you know. I, I just want to give him the biggest F you ever. So you got a book coming? Uh <laughs> He probably does. He might have. He might already have one or something like that. Whatever happened with Bolton? It seems like he's kind of fallen off the radar as far as people well, wanting to talk to him. You know, because Roger Stone came along. That's what happened to Bolton. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they are trying to hold up his book, I guess. And they're threatening him with some kind of legal action as well. If if he, I I don't. Okay, think so. We, Not over the book, over something he had done. Okay, so, so they're did, threatening did, did, him. Did he play this right? Did he? I don't know. I don't think he did, but I, does he think he still played it right? Uh, it By not going in front of the house. It doesn't seem like he made the right move. I agree with you. I, I, I think he overplayed they, they, his they, hand. They, they say he's a very smart guy, but yeah, I mean, he, I guess he could have overplayed his hand. And I, I, I do believe, I mean, like, I, I do believe people like John Bolton are 
s- smart. Like I think they 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 can figure things out a couple of moves ahead. I don't think they're the lying morons. I just think they're the liars. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, um, uh, you know. I, I put Pompeo in that in that group too. Right. He, he's just. A, a, can we add him to the slapping question? Oh. 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 States have been. <laughs> Been taken up a notch. So much change in their answer. <laughs> because when it comes to just you know uh, condescension and snarkiness, that's where that's the backhand there. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Again, we are not no violence. We're not promoting violence at all. These are theoretical. <laughs> they really. I, I. I'm. I'm pretty much a wimp. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't want to hit people but because you're afraid they're bigger than you and they'll hit you back? <laughs> That's mostly Is the that reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but as I was saying about Kelly, you know, he had opportunities while he was there to expose the kind of crap that was happening. You know, what he heard in the room, what he witnessed firsthand, and he chose not to. And now he's trying to play like, oh, my God, this is really getting, not only is it probably worse than he thought, but it's also getting exposed in a way that he didn't think it would. And that maybe there's a there's a, a tad of patriotism still left in him saying, we, we can't let people get used to this, so now I'm going to come out. Because at one point in time, he said, you know, what did he say? Like, all good things come to those who wait. He was that guy, right? And and that he was going to eventually expose the president for all of his shenanigans, right? I mean, I think that was kind of what he was implying. And, and maybe he's realizing that, you know, he can't wait. But now it's useless. Like, now stuff like that from people like that, they don't matter, it's you know? too little too late. Too little too late. They're... You know, they're the begrudged, you know, former employee. That's what it makes them look like. Yeah. Even it, if their intentions are correct, it makes them look like... Even if like, they're honest. Even if they're honest, right? right? It just, yeah. it, it, and, and, and so it's just, it infuriates me more when when those guys want to come forward and it's, and, it, and it's only talk and it doesn't really have, um, you know, any substance of action behind it. You know, it's not going to create an investigation. It's 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 not going to call somebody out for doing something illegal. You know, it's just I don't know if it's trying to clear his own mind. Um, you know, what does he hope to get out of saying these things? Um, I don't understand people like him who were military generals that that they would stand by and same with McMaster's and mm-hmm. all these guys who were. Generals for crying out loud! He, I think McMaster's. What was the other general that was in Flynn? No, no, no. <laughs> well, yeah, there's another one. But you know, they basically are. are it's like this code that they're not going to think out their chain of command kind of thing. So that's why the McMaster's of the world don't say anything. Well, I, I think it should be the opposite. You don't yeah. rise to general. For no reason, you should be a person of integrity, honesty, and all that kind of stuff. And if you see something wrong, up or down in your chain of command, right, you got to say something. Those are true patriots. Well, think about what um, who were you talking about? Blanking Kelly. Kelly said about Vinman mm-hmm. because we teach him, yeah, 
from day one, you don't follow illegal commands. Right. And you talk to the person who gave it to you. Then you go to your boss. Well, mm-hmm. why didn't he do it? Correct. Why didn't Kelly do it? Talk to, his, talk to the person who did it, presidents, and go to his boss, the American people. But he didn't. Yeah. So his credibility is bullshit. And, and you know, I, you see it over and over again. You know, the people that leave, but it doesn't, doesn't change anything. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that I kind of... I, I kind of touched on a little bit. I was, you know, been been reading some some articles about um, the, uh, you know, what I would call the public malaise, and you know, how many people just don't care about this stuff, and you know, in other countries of the world, there would be massive protest. Just massive protests. I mean, think about Hong Kong, right? I mean, you, you know, and, and they won some battles in that by by going to that level of protest. Well, they were, what, up over a million people a Sometimes. day, wasn't it like right. that? Now, I, I think part of it is just um, uh, uh, geographic and the way that things are structured, right? I mean, you know, they have... 12 million people in like, you know, four square miles. <laughs> you know, every day looks it's like easy protest. to get a million people together. <laughs> yeah, just, just call a million it. of your friends. <laughs> every day is like a flash mob in downtown <laughs> Hong Kong, right? But <laughs> and, and here it's a little bit more difficult to do. But I also was thinking about like, why, why aren't there more protests, right? I mean, we know 50% of the people are outraged. You and me and Nobs, three of us here, right? And, and and this is you know part of our therapy, and you know I share a lot of stuff on Facebook, and I'm just here for the beer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bottoms up. Bottoms up. And, and 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 you know I share a lot of stuff on Facebook, and it's because you know not only do I want other people to care, but I can't myself fall into that malaise. I don't want to become one of the people that just say, and we know these people. We have some friends that are definitely fit in this category that say, I, I don't want to be involved in politics. I can't affect it anyway. I don't care. You know, and maybe they're going to vote for Trump. Maybe they're going to vote for somebody else. But by and large, they're just like, either it doesn't affect me directly or I can't change anything. You know, and our one Trumpster friend, when we start really pinning him down, that's usually kind of where he ends up with closing the argument is I can't do anything about it anyway. We've heard him say that lots and lots of times. And, you know, part of it is I honestly believe some of it is just the logistics. Like our social safety nets are so bad in this country that the idea that we can pour into the streets and be protected by our employers, you know what I mean, and still have health care and do all of those things to protest wildly for, you know, a week or three days or, you know, jump on buses and go to Washington. It's just not the way that America is set up. Yeah. Geographically, culturally, whatever. And I, I think it's 
in some ways, it's all part of the master plan to, to make sure that doesn't happen, that we're all so fine in our own little suburban world. And, uh, you know, one of the things that drive me crazy um, is when people start talking about the election and it's like, well, are you better off than you were 40 years ago? And that's like, you know, the, the, the true test of, of how you should vote. And I don't agree with that at all. It's very short-sighted. It's really, it's it's very myopic. It's it's selfish, is what it is. It's it's wholly selfish. It's the definition mm-hmm. of selfish, right? You know, is America better off? Is society better off? Is the world, the globe, the environment better off? Right? For those that can't vote, are they better off? Right? I mean, so you know, it just that that question drives me crazy. And um, but that's what has happened. That that is what has happened in America. And um, I, I I believe that if uh, this kind of crap went down in other countries, you, you would see a, a far different level of protest than Facebook posts, <laughs> which I'm a, I, which I'm a culprit of. But but what am I going to do? Right? Like literally, and you know, somebody could. I mean, I could get involved in politics. I do have my. My application for the gerrymandering committee ready to go. Nice, um, but you know, I could I could walk up and down sixteen mile road with a sign <laughs> with a sandwich they, they board. They think you're either selling gold or pizza. <laughs> Tax time. <laughs> Spin that pizza. You know, um, I have a friend who's asked the same question: Is when do we start protesting? I'm like, we're not. I. I you know, it's one of the reasons that that our, our friend Dino in Thailand has kind of given up on social media. Because in Thailand, they have, like, major protests all the time mm-hmm. when the government or the anti-government, because there's, like, there's two parties there, but they're more uh, more violent towards each other. <laughs> but, you know, when the shit hits the fan, you know, people are out in the streets. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, he's also been to Hong Kong and... and Kind of knows how passionate those people are regarding their democracy, um, and um, you know he's been very very frustrated with looking at America from the outside, saying you're getting what you deserve, America, because you just don't give a crap. You know, and if you do give a crap, you're not showing it. It's easier to swing by McDonald's and go home and watch Netflix than it is to protest. Um, and, and like I said, part of that is not because I don't think people don't want to protest. I think it's because h- how is that set up? And we do small protests. There's been protests. There's mm-hmm. been, you know, the Million Man March. And some of these things have happened and, and have impact some, you know. Um, but the more nuanced but in some ways more serious kind of uh, infringements that are happening in society today, like this bar business, Right. I mean, this should be a take to the streets and, you know, we're not leaving until he leaves. You know, I mean, look at the what was the I, I, I'm trying to think what's what would be an equivalent. Right. Uh, what was the thing in Wall Street called the sit in down there in, in Wall Street? You know, a- after the, the the housing collapse and all of that. And there was the no, I know what you're talking about that, that movement but... that basically took over uh, lower Manhattan and. They were pestering all the suits. Yeah, and it, <laughs> that was great. <laughs> except for the, some of the media gave us some credibility, but after a while, they said, "You know what? These are basically homeless people." 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, you know, obviously they don't have jobs, and you, you know they've attached themselves to a cause, and then they go out there, and you know, of course, the media can. You can spin things however you want. So you go out there, you interview, you know, a dozen people. You find four, you know, teenagers who can't even explain what it is that they're protesting. And then you put them on the air saying, hey. Occupy Wall Street. Thank you. Occupy. That was <laughs> Occupy. Good job. And, and you really dig deep. <laughs> you know, was, 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 was Occupy a failure? Kind of, right? You know? Versus, versus the other the other way things are done, and maybe this is where it's important, but look at the the next big movement I can think of, which is kind of the uh, antithesis of Occupy, was Tea Party. But Tea Party didn't do massive protest. You know, I mean, they weren't trying to put together million man marches. They're like, vote with us, vote with us, find candidates that believe what we believe. And then we're going to vote them in. Progressives are kind of in the middle of both of those. We do some protesting. We do some voting. It's not concentrated on any one real particular strategy, I think. Anyway. I had a a question, and then maybe we can wrap it up. Um, With the direction, you know, since we've been concentrating on what Barr's doing and, and what he's doing to the DOJ uh-huh. and, and how Trump is utilizing that as a weaponized arm. The people, our friends, that don't see things the way we see them, don't you think that they, they got to be at least somewhat conscious of where things are going? And do they really want an authoritarian type of government for themselves and their family? Are they that entrenched in hate and fear and whatever else they've got whipped up on that side? But on a conscious, I hate to use the word intelligent level, don't they see what's going on when when you got a, a an attorney general that's messing with court no. cases? No, I don't think that they do, and I think it's it's easier to be to shut it off. Then, then engage your brain in that way, right? So you stay not? away from the news. You stay away from the political posts. You stay away, so you can you can find that a comfortable spot for you, so you don't have to be outraged. I I, I, th- I think that's in that that's in large part what happens. Well, I, I've said it a hundred times. There, it's a winning and losing to them. It's not right or wrong. But at some point, don't, don't they Hold on, see... Let me, let's make sure I, I know who you're talking about. Are you talking about the Trumpsters that we engage? Are we talking about the folks that just don't really no, seem no, to I'm be... No, I'm talking about the, the, the Trumps, the people who are going to go to the mat and die on the hill oh, for this Oh, okay, guy. okay. I, I thought you were talking about the ones that are just saying, you know, again, politics, not my thing. No, okay. no, no, no. I, I was talking about the people... Oh, who, I, who I ask this question all the time. We fight with this, like, don't you guys... Get an inkling of what's going on when you see all the stuff that a guy like Barr and them are all doing. With it. doesn't that worry you a little bit for you, for you for the sake of your own family and yourself? Because you're going to suffer the same as us if things really slide and keep going, and and democracy just starts to kind of fall apart around us, mm-hmm. and we end up going towards like an authoritarian government. That affects 
all of us. It, it, it doesn't matter what you're red or blue. It, it affects everybody. Yeah, no, we don't know anyone rich enough not to be affected. Right. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> we don't. Um, yeah, I, uh, I've asked this question many times, and, and that is, of the people on the right, how much is truly drinking the Kool-Aid and believing the bullshit, or how much is, you know what, I'm, I like this, and so I'm willing to ignore or, or, you know, even say I support this because, you know, with this particular uh, political world, the, the, the worst thing you can say about Trump, the worst thing, if you're a Trumpster, the worst thing you can say about Trump is, I don't like the tweets or I don't like his language. You know, that's, you, you can't say, I don't like what he did. <laughs> You, you, you know, that level of loyalty exists. So that's, you know, that that's where they they do that little bit of rationalization of, um, you know, well, you know, he's building the wall, right? And we got to stop, you know, immigrants from crossing the borders. Don't illegally. worry, it blew over. <laughs> but <laughs> and uh, so I I don't know I don't know what percent of people are thinking, okay, I'm getting some good things out of it. There are some bad things. I'm weighing that out, and I like the good things more than the bad things. Or how many people are just, you know, drinking that Kool-Aid and believe everything, everything. Is voting Republican the easy way? Um, you look and see, okay, these few good things have happened, and the bad is just fake news. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It, it seems it's like that way is just very easy and lazy to follow. No, I think so. I think so. And especially in, uh, I'm going to kind of make it somewhat of a microcosm, but especially like in the corporate world, like it's, 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 it's difficult to be a progressive in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, not I don't want to say most, but there are a lot of people that you know have jobs for companies, and the whole sort of Republican narrative of pure unfettered capitalism, I got mine, screw the rest of the world, has become interwoven with corporate America in a way that when you start going against that, you you run the risk of being chastised within your company, mm-hmm. you know, outside of your work, but then you have to decide how two-faced you're going to be, you know, and so you take the easy way. Yep. I do I do believe that a lot of Trumpsters are going along with him because it is the easier way yep. than saying, you know what, this guy is tearing down this country, and now what am I going to do about it? Yeah, because if you actually look and pay attention to the news and thought for yourself, that's difficult. You, you know, this is something that I was uh, I was also considering um, about the way I engage. Um, I, I was arguing with a, a, a Trumpster, a different one, uh, recently. Oh, pray tell. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, it was interesting. I, I find myself oftentimes letting them lead the discussion. And what we're arguing about is 
what she perceived as the good things that Trump has done. And so I'm arguing that what you perceive as good is really not, right? Instead, instead of engaging in the conversation of why do you want to support a president that isn't standing for the rule of law and meddling in individual criminal cases? Like, how do you justify that? But I, I instead, I get chased down the rabbit hole of, you, you know, building a wall isn't solving our immigration problems. And then, you know, it kind of goes off the rail that way. And what I started to kind of think about in the Trumpster world is they're all about just ignoring, like kind of what you started, you know, staying away from the news or calling it mm-hmm. fake news, all of the shit that he does, all of the scandals. I mean, the list of scandals since 2016, it's mind-boggling. Well, it's scandal du jour almost. That's that's what started Potoms up, right? Scandal yeah. du jour. And, and, you know, they won't engage on that. They'll stick to... Promise made, promise kept, you know, and even in their lives. But then you're, then you're, you're arguing that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You know, he's cutting down on voter fraud. No, he's not, and there is none. What you know, and 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 and, and that kind of stuff. And it's, it's I, I've noticed that's what their tactic is more often than not now. Um, as a matter of fact, you you sent a meme, Fred uh, posted a meme recently that kind of. You know, the promise made, promise kept thing and shows all the how much that that's what I eventually had to use in this in this dialogue. Did you it know, end it? it uh, she ran away. I mean, I don't know if it ended it per se, but she ran away. You know, so I ended it by calling her Snowflake. <laughs> she mounted. That's a good one. I, oh, I, I love I, it. I, it's so good. I, I, use it all I the time. love using Snowflake on them. They made up the term. Yep. They think they own it, but they're the biggest snowflakes of anyone. <laughs> And, and so many. Okay, okay last question. This, oh, will, this will be a quick, we'll go around the table just because I, I found this kind of humorous this morning when I saw it on the news. What do you think of Bloomberg taking on Hillary as a VP? I'm mixed on it. I have not been able to, to put my head around whether I think it's a good thing or a bad thing. It would be kind of poetic, wouldn't it be, if, if, Bloomberg, if Bloomberg was a candidate, picks up Hillary, they beat Trump? Twice in one show. Ah, see what taking a week off does to you. Um, I I uh, I, I got a lean bad thing. Uh, uh, that's the way I, I would lean because she still is very polarizing, and I I just don't can can the Trump base be any more energized? Right. That was what my thinking was. Like you bring her in, and you, you're gonna ratchet it back up and maybe get some of them on the other side moving that we're how many of those gonna, are there though that's a but it might be enough it might be enough right i mean i think i think that i, I think you know his base is going to vote so let you know if, if his base is you know a finite number of people and it is right it's like 35 percent. but just give it a number right okay and then you know 50 percent of americans vote so or 60 i think it is of his group, you know, is that going to be the 61 or 62%? Like, it's he already has a 
a, a very energized voting core. Um, you know, I, I think overall the Republicans have a better do a better job of energizing their voters. Um, uh, so does Hillary add to that? I I, I I think he's kind of maxed out. I don't know that there's those ones that were going to sit back and be like, oh, no, <laughs> I don't like Trump, but I definitely don't like Hillary. I, um, hmm. So I, I don't I don't know. But you know what? He said he would consider it, right? Yeah. What was the question? Like, I, I, I have not dug into this story other than Either the, the headlines that say he's considering. Did someone ask him, would you consider Hillary to be your running mate? And then he says, yes. I said, I just saw the headline. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. There's a difference versus him going out and stepping in front of the microphone and saying, I'm here to tell you all I'm considering Hillary to be my running mate. I mean, that's a that, huge difference. Huge, huge difference. And I think that it's it's probably more of, of the prior scenario that somebody just asked him. It's a clickbait title. Uh, yeah, coming yeah. from the IT department. <laughs> do we want to? Do we? Do we want to talk a little bit about the, the state of the race right now for the Democrats? I want to give my opinion on the uh, Bloomberg Hillary thing. Oh, please do. Guaranteed Trump win. <laughs> <laughs> so you think it adds to uh, Trump? Yes. Yeah. I don't think Bloomberg could win with a likable VP, let, <laughs> let alone Hillary. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, hmm. How much, okay, where you were going to go is kind of, you know, where I have been all along in in certain respects. Do you think that there is, uh, who is the weakest candidate against Trump and who is the strongest candidate against Trump? Like, and, 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 and how big is that range? Oh, geez. That's see, see, I don't think that range is very big at all. That's that's where I'm at right now. I don't, I don't know if Bernie stands a better chance than Klobuchar, who stands a better chance than Yang, who well, doesn't stand as good Yang. a chance as Biden. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Not, out. I'm not talking about who's likely to win the nomination. I'm just yeah. talking about who is more likely and less likely to beat Trump. And I think that that. That range is really narrow, in my mind, because I think his base is his base. His base is going to vote. Like, no matter who he runs against, he's going to get the same amount of votes. What concerns me is any upcoming debates between Trump and the Democratic nominee. That, you're way wrong on that. You're way, way Hillary mopped the floor with him on the debates. Any way you look at it, she cleaned up. Go back and look at the debates. The only people that said Trump won those debates was Manafort. You don't let me finish. (laughs) (laughs) He never does. What Hillary might have done, though, is what she did. What she did not do is she did not energize people to vote for her. So that's what I'm looking for. And you think the debates are going to energize the progressives? I think that's a good platform to energize Uh, your voter base. If you don't know by then, I mean, if you're not a voter, you're not a voter. I don't know. I. I'm, I'm more cynical about the, the point of the debates. Well, that's my opinion. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, you know, voter turnout and voter turnout and turn down, I, I guess, does fluctuate probably more than I give it credit for. Um, Fred, what do you think? About Hillary? I think it's a huge mistake. Okay, so then go, what do you think about my question? 
is how much do you think the Democratic nominee will determine the election? Well, I, I, I totally agree with you what you said that regardless of who it is, the people that are going to vote for dear leader is going to be the same regardless because they're they're energized they're energized they're coming out and they're going to vote at whatever level that is so you're asking who could could possibly open up the biggest right well, who's going to do the more to energize the counter vote you know and i just i i just don't know that i mean for as many people that like Bernie, I think that there's just as many people that are like, you know, he's a socialist. And, and wrongfully so. I mean, you know, we're not, we're not going to debate semantics on stuff that we don't need to. But I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, uh, it, it might be a different set of voters that come out for Bernie or Biden. But I'm not sure that in the end the number is going to be all that great. Now, what I'm probably not giving enough credit for is that number's really small. That, may, that makes the difference, right? I mean, those 80,000 votes in three states is what made the difference, right? We learned that in Macomb County. Yeah, so, you know, that's maybe that, that sliver of, of margin between a really good Democratic candidate and a not-so-good Democratic candidate is more important than I'm giving it credit for. But I don't know how you determine it. That's kind of what I, I don't know how to say. I, I can stand here today and say Bernie's going to turn out more voters than Klobuchar. I can't. I, on what basis am I saying that? Nah, what a mess. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right, I'm well, parched. Yeah. I, I, I finished mine. Nobs finished no, his. I'm gone. I didn't finish mine. Wow. So what does that say? Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to go not for me on it. I, I, hmm. I just wish it fi finished cleaner because up front is really nice. And, you know, I, I had to go like 10 minutes between sips. <laughs> That's why I still have some. <laughs> That's pretty bad. <laughs> All right. How, how do you guys finish? For me, for you? Mm, it? Meh. I think it's a meh. It, it did get better, though. I, I don't feel the lingering mouthfeel as bad, so it, it eventually wore off or whatever, but yeah. it's a meh. I don't know. It's okay. Meh, meh. Ah. Okay. All right. Let's go to two. Into the trove we go, and uh, what do we got here? It is Dark Horse Brewing out of Marshall, Michigan, and it's a Bafo Brown Ale. And to be honest, the reason I grabbed this beer was because the Bafo made me think of Blotto. And I'm, not, I'm not joking. I think when I first looked at it, I saw Blotto. I'm not joking. And I said, yeah, I'm going to get this because everybody likes dark beer this time of year. And it's 7% uh, alcohol. No problem there. So that's it, you know. No, no, no real involved story. And there really isn't anything to tell you about the beer on the label, right? So it's a brown ale, and that's all they really tell you. Um, it's Blotto. Uh, you know, there's no story about the lumberjacks fighting <laughs> or anything like that. Um, it's an interesting label. Uh, it's that is. kind of a swamp creature 
kind of thing. I don't know what you know. I, I don't know what that is. It sort of looks like a swamp creature until you look at that sort of sun thing between its eyes, and that kind of throws everything off. <laughs> We're not helping out no, anybody listening. There's Let's no way to describe it. this. It, it'll be uh, on the social media accounts, so you can take a look at it there. Just Google Bafo by uh, Dark, Dark Horse. Horse. Um, we've done a couple of their beers. Yeah. You know? It's been a while. That's uh, You know, they, they have good distribution. For not being, like, one of the larger breweries... Mm-hmm. Uh, when you you know when you see the list of breweries in the in the uh, state, uh, and we're pretty familiar with that list, Dark Horse is probably between the five and ten, or maybe even less than that. But yeah, they'll say between five and ten. But they 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 certainly uh, uh, do they get, get around get their stuff out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Little um, nutty smell. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to put it. Um, I got like zero head out of it, and both of you guys seemed to. Yeah, a little. I, I tried to pour for head, and it, I got nothing. Um, harder you try, the less you get. I guess. Hmm. A little sweeter than I expected. Oh, maybe a tad. I mean, but it's still, I, I, it's still got a bitterness to it. Mm-hmm. It's not a. I, I wouldn't call it a malty beer. Um, I would bet you it's pretty high on the IBUs, actually. Brown nails <laughs> now, I'm, I'm looking at Nobs's reaction here. I'm I'm just not sure. Um, I mean, it's 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 a it's a brown ale, you know. Uh, I got that lingering thing going on again. Uh, that's still from the previous beer. <laughs> okay, <laughs> still lingering. It <laughs> hasn't gone away yet. Uh, it, I don't know. It hits like five or six seconds after you drink it. Um. Yeah, there's not a lot on the front end. No. There really is very little on the front end. You, you, you get the carbonation, you get the coolness of the beer, but you, you don't get those um, really strong flavor notes uh, un, until it rolls past the, the tongue a little mm-hmm. bit more. Agreed with that. Because I was, if my first couple sips were like, meh, right? Like, okay, it's drinkable, but... You're not getting a sweetness from it? Not, not as sweet as what you... I, 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 I wouldn't jump out at me. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I wouldn't say it would have jumped out. I don't care for that, but... Yeah. Um, as my initial thoughts are, as a, um, as a brown ale, um, it's delivering. I could see myself ordering it again. Uh... But it also falls into the not special category, which, you know, when you do these things, you, we I, uh, we want to be careful that we don't become complete beer snobs and everything has to be special, you know. You know, it's got to be a combination, you know, of, you know, curry and tofu with caramel, you know. <laughs> and we have to be able to pick out each flavor. I fact, suddenly want Thai food. <laughs> But in, in fact, uh, uh, Lefty suggested to us that we need to do more everyday beers. That uh, we should do a show, uh, and you know, we, we we listed off a couple that were Michigan made. So Stroh's is back, mm-hmm. and Altez is back. Um, you know, there's probably another couple out there, or. You know, just do some really plain drinkable pilsners. <laughs> <laughs> he said the P word. I know. 
Okay, I'll say lager. All right, but you know, don't <laughs> grab him by the pilsner. <laughs> Uh, that, that, that that he thinks that we spend too much time on the high, uh, uh, highly crafted craft beers. Well, I think going to the everyday beers, we'd run out pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. Might no, be. he just said we ought to do do them more often. But. Sometimes eh, I disagree with Lefty. <laughs> you can, yeah. you can. I'm, 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 I, he's a listener and he's a guest. I want him to come here and say that to my face. <laughs> no, I want him to come here and provide the beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if he wants to, right? Yes. Because yes. last week we gave him the perfect opportunity to bring Strozer Altez, and he did it. And he did yeah, not. So this is really on Lefty then. This isn't on us. I don't know why I missed that opportunity with him yesterday. Yeah. How did I? How, how did I not hit that one out of the park? You're probably a few beers deep. Yeah. Mixing beers over there. <laughs> For him to sit there and tell me yeah. what kind of beers to bring when we gave him the opportunity to yep. provide and he let us down. That's a wow. lefty thing. That's a what? It's a lefty thing. <laughs> no, it's a, but it was on me. I could have called him out right then and there. <laughs> anyway, back to this. Anything else? It's a low meh for me, I think. <laughs> a low meh is not good. No, I, I'm not <laughs> a really. High meh is okay. I I'm not really liking it. It's, you, you, your expressions weren't very good. It's just lingering way too long. Um, I, I'm trying to take on your premise of not everything has to be special, but <laughs> it's it, it's still not rocking my meter. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I still say it's sweet, but okay. Sweetness. I'm trying to. I mean, a little bit, but not much more than I would expect any brown ale to be. That's. Well, I, I'm. I'm just thinking back to a, a, a number of brown ales that we've done, and this isn't in the league. Okay. Okay. That's where All we're right. at. Uh, so where else are we at? One shot studios. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Fred, you wanted to, to, to share an experience that you, you recently had, um, both on your cruise ship and then yesterday? Yeah, last night and, at a birthday and, party. And you have been surprised by the, uh, the enthusiasm around said activity. Said activity being karaoke. I thought that it had sort of gone by the wayside. Right. Years and years ago, we used to go once a week and sing and have a good time. When it first hit this country, it hit it really, really big. Oh, absolutely. And we were not part we. of it. Now <laughs> we. Oh, no. no. We as in. <laughs> I've my... always been against it. Always. <laughs> well, <clears throat> some of our friends I know. like to sing and some of my family members like to sing and... Uh, when that came about, I thought it was fantastic, and <laughs> we were into it for quite a while on a regular basis. But it did seem like it died. Like, at one point in time, I was kind of celebrating the idea that it had gone away. <laughs> you know, we had rid ourselves of this plague of people that want to sing that shouldn't. And you're right. It's still around. It is. Why? More than Why? <laughs> 
What? If people like to get drunk and sing, because they all think they're rock stars. It's the public malaise. This is what they're doing <laughs> instead of caring about our democracy. Okay, God That's damn it. That's right. They're going out and singing karaoke. So you had mentioned... Quit singing, vote! So it's so funny because you, you wanted to bring that up today because of what you did last night and then uh, on the cruise ship. And Lefty and I were out at Ferndale... Last last night, and our last call, we walked into what's it called? Sneakers, I think it is. Sports bar on 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 Woodward. Uh, uh, and lo and behold, lo and behold, you walk in there, they're singing karaoke, and you talk about drunk fest. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I mean, no one got up there that you know was there because they really wanted to exercise their vocal cords no no they got up there because they were drunk and it was awful and and i and i still i i'm like i don't get it i thought this thing went away tell me lefty it's going away again so here where were you at where where did you uh we went to a place called uh, colleen's irish pub it's in uh, st Clair shores and we went there because it was a birthday party okay and uh, we knew ahead of time it was karaoke as well. And the people that were throwing the, the birthday party were actually the people that we went on the cruise with as well. Okay. And, and even before the cruise, I knew that they um, frequented this place because they like to go out, have a couple beers, and sing, participate, uh, yeah. right? I had no idea they could actually sing, which they can. And I found that out on the cruise ship. So, um, when we were on the cruise ship, they wanted to do karaoke, and I thought, why are you, you're on a cruise, why would you want to do something like that? (laughs) Why would you want to do it anytime? (laughs) But we we went to the bar, the particular bar that had it, I'm telling you, you had to fight to get on the singing list, because they had it every night for about like an hour and a half, and the people hoarded the the DJ person, whoever it is. And they're all regulars. Yeah, and they well, just, not uh, on a cruise ship. They're not. No, no, but at Colleen's or whatever, yeah. you know. So the the first night we did the karaoke on the cruise ship, I didn't participate, but I watched, and I was surprised at how many people were actually pretty good. I mean, up, way above your normal okay. karaoke so standards. We're, we're, we're like on. We're we're not having the same conversation <laughs> because you keep bringing up how surprised they are that people were good or that, you know, that there are good singers out there for karaoke. My conversation on karaoke, I don't get to whether they're good or bad. <laughs> you just wonder why would they do it? I'm like, get, get, get off the stage, please. I don't go. I, I don't go to the bar to hear someone sing whether they're good at it or not. It's just I don't get the karaoke thing. You know, now you have done it. Oh yeah. yeah did you do it in, 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 on the cruise? The first night, no. And oh, well, you were there. But five every night after yeah. that. <laughs> well, no. The, first one in line. The first <laughs> night, I was intimidated. What night doesn't matter at all? Well, the first night I went, it, it's intimidating because the bar is it should be packed with people. <laughs> and then the second night we went again, and I figured, ah, why not? So I, I went up and did one, and it went fine. You know, like last last night, oh my God, this guy, 
I know he was drunk because he came over and started hugging Lefty before he started singing. I thought maybe he sold him shoes or something at one point. I I thought maybe he knew him. And and then he asked, this is just sidebar, he asked me if he could put his coat on the back of my chair. We were sitting at the bar. Really? Yeah. I'm like, okay, I don't really care, right? He he asked Lefty, and (laughs) Lefty said, I'd rather you not. (laughs) I was like, Wow. And then I'm like, you can put your coat at the back of my chair. This thing was like an Antarctic parka. It was the <laughs> biggest coat ever. I, like, it, it infringed on my seating. Like, it was pushing you yeah, forward. It was, it was pushing me forward. I'm like, oh, I regret that. And then all of a sudden we hear someone trying to sing Bohemian Rhapsody. Of course. And look on stage, and it's the guy oh, with the coat. Yeah. Guy? <laughs> he had to shed the parka. <laughs> In order to do the, uh, the number yeah. properly. And it was awful. Now, where I was at last night, there was not a single good singer. I mean, I, I will admit when some people can sing. I mean, I'm not, you know, but like I said, it doesn't matter to me. There was not a single good. And I, there is one thing worse than someone singing karaoke. And that is multiple people <laughs> singing karaoke. Never do that, okay? You're afraid. You need that support group to get up on stage. You're going to do a duet or worse. It is awful. <laughs> so I've done karaoke once. Yeah, I have to. It was Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> it was a duet. With a large group of people. <laughs> you, you just hit all the boxes there, <laughs> You checked them all. But you realized that it was only worth one time ever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, uh, uh, I, I, I won't do it, and I won't do it because I am courteous of others, <laughs> and I have learned that when I, and I've done it twice. I, I, I can only remember the story from the one, but I'm trying to remember what what the second time was. I am the fun sucker. <laughs> I suck the fun out of the room. When I do karaoke, <laughs> like, like, why? Because I'm terrible. Okay. I'm terrible, and I'm not terrible in the way that it's a laugh. It's I'm terrible in the way that it's a cry, and it's <laughs> like, the poor guy. Like, like the fun. Did you notice the Pink Floyd? Reference? Yes, yes. <laughs> if you don't know animals, you didn't. But okay. Uh, yeah, it's such a charade. <laughs> charade. charade. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, I have learned that it's just not my thing either, and um, I, I, I guess I don't have the proper amount of energy or whatever it is that I lack to even, even to sort of you know, excite in a way of we don't care if he's bad, we're still going to have a good time, you know. I, I'm trying to remember the, 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 the other time, but the the one time that I always remember, and part of it was a bad song that I picked. Um, I was in China. <laughs> I was in Hong Kong. <laughs> we were at the karaoke bar. Uh, look that up, people. But <laughs> but we were legitimately singing karaoke, uh, also, and <laughs> and uh, we're flipping through. And so yeah, I'm getting begged to sing, 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 and like okay, so I'm flipping songs. I don't know. I know all the words to American Pie. Oh no! And that's a long, <laughs> so, long torturous. Song. It's 
like 22 minutes, right? <laughs> so so I start singing. I mean, there's some other Westerners in this little private room we had, but there's also a number of Chinese people, uh, Hong Kongese, and some speak English, but they're not really keeping up with the lyrics, right? So I'm droning on about American Pie. And like I said, literally, we were having such a party before I grabbed that microphone. And then when I grabbed that microphone, it really cleared out. Well, I was saved. I was saved by a guy that we would do business with over there. He's an American. And he saw that I was killing this party that we were having a good time with. So he grabs the microphone out of my hand and finished the rest of the song perversing the lyrics. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. the Dan band thing. Yeah. And he just then started, like, you know... Saying all kinds of crude things <laughs> to the to the, to the beat and save save the show. It was like and then, and I had to go off CPR. And I had to go off into the corner then, you know. And <laughs> it's like, oh, we're not worthy. Thanks, Bill. I I did notice last night that the people that turned out to be the worst picked the longest songs. <laughs> or does it seem that way? One guy he did. I think it was. War Pigs, and it was like seven minutes. <laughs> See, that song should not even be it, up there. It should be you, on the list. You know why it shouldn't be up there? Because it sounds terrible. It has huge musical mm. stretches mm. where, mm-hmm. like, a minute and a yeah. half, and then you're doing it, nothing. The guy's standing up there. It isn't bad enough. We've lived through that first, yeah, verse or two. Now we're standing, listening to a, this musical interlude for the next minute and thirty, which equates to like two and a half hours <laughs> in karaoke time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. There, there, there was some bad, bad, maybe some of the worst karaoke I've ever seen was last night at this place. I, I'm surprised we're not in the same place because there was not a single person that could sing. Not a single one. But with, in my case though, what's different is the birthday party was for a friend of ours who's part of Gasoline Gypsies. So ah, that's the band, three quarters of the band was there. And if you recall Nate from Hip yep, Tuck yep, and yep. Rumble, two-thirds of that band was there. <laughs> so of all the people that sang, our group was fine. <laughs> they wow. were entertaining. They could hold their own. They could stay in tune. They could stay in key. But everybody else... It, that may have been some of the worst karaoke I've ever seen. And I've seen some pretty bad karaoke because I uh, participate. Well, you know. we got to go to Ferndale now just for a comparison. We'll go to, we'll, we'll go to, we'll go to sneakers. sneakers on a Saturday night. And Sneak. they have a nice setup. I mean, there's like an actual stage. Well, speaking of setups, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't. <laughs> I was going. I fully intended on participating especially because I had promised somebody I would sing at this party because she was browbeating me. But once I saw the setup, I'm like, I'm not going to do that to myself because I'm marginal as it is. I I have no illusions about my singing. We love the intro. Oh, the intro. Yeah, sure. (laughs) But but I have no illusions about my talent. I, I stay in key, and that's about it. I don't have a lot of range, and I had vocal cord issues recently, <laughs> which I could tell you about. Okay. It doesn't help, right? So I have no illusions about my abilities. But when you go in and you hear a, a sound system or setup, whatever you want to call it, 
that's going to make you sound worse. I I bailed. It's like I did not do it. I think that and was, I had intended on it. I think that was part of the problem. And again, you're dragging me into this part of the conversation because I don't care about the quality <laughs> at all. But I do think that was part of the problem. When I say setup, I meant setup physically. They have a nice stage. They got the monitor there. You know, it's you know, you, I mean, the stage is probably a good two and a half to three feet off the ground. I mean, it's a you know, if you want to act like a rock star, you can get up there and act like one, right? Um, but yeah, I didn't think that this the, the actual audio quality was was poor because nobody sounded good. Like you know, there, there's always some people that can sing, uh, and also. I mean, maybe it's you know an age thing, but there were there were a lot of songs that weren't like singing type songs. I'm not saying American Pie is either, but you know there was some hip hop and there was some um, uh, there was some heavy metal, like newer heavy metal, not War Pigs. And it's like the quality of your vocals didn't really matter. Those songs shouldn't be attempted by. The average person on the street. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? That's how no, I felt No, I think they sound it. bad all the time. Oh. <laughs> oh, you're saying the originals. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm not saying that. It's just that, like, like, I remember this one gal got up there, and I don't know what rap she did. So she knew the words. She didn't even have to look at the screen. You know, but it was just like talking is what I'm saying. You know, the, you know she might have had a fine voice. She probably did the best job of anyone up there because... You know, she seemed to know the song and keep in time with the song, but it wasn't singing is kind of what I'm saying. And then there were these two dudes that got up there that did some heavy metal, you know, like Five Finger Death Punch or something, and they were just screaming into the microphones. <laughs> <laughs> and they might have been, it might have been just, you know, you know, a great cover, but they were just screaming into the microphones. <clears throat> well, yeah. And then there was that Bohemian Rhapsody. That's a, that's. That, that, song that was, not be that was so funny you mentioned that because the first song of the night went at Colleen's last night was Bohemian Rhapsody. And I saw, it come, up, I saw it come up on the screen. I'm going, oh, no, dear Lord. And I looked at the guy. I'm going, oh, no, dear Lord. Here we go. It's <laughs> a long song. Besides the length, I, I mean, people don't have that kind of range and it's harmonized and it's 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 just not a good karaoke song there's there's a handful of like artists you should never ever try right. in karaoke yeah freddie mercury is one yeah um yeah. tell us the name of that gal who died whitney houston oh my god oh. <laughs> yeah. whitney houston's got this bombastic huge high note voice yeah and you get these people that do it it's like uh, yeah so uh, you know fun half pint was up in my face for yeah. not singing last night right I knew, and, yeah. and I, I didn't even know how to tell her why i wouldn't she was just she was tangerade and tonic and she was in my uh, face and she sang Yes, she did. Yeah, she did. What did she say? What did, what did, what Her and Shells, they did uh, Earl oh, duets. No. <laughs> well, you know what? Theirs actually was good. Okay. Because they both uh, know the song <laughs> and they were sort of harmonizing. I love them. Don't worry. They did a <laughs> Dixie Chicks song. Um, I think it's called Earl Had to Die. That's a great song. And they don't they, know it. It's not a great song. <laughs> it is. It's funny. It's tongue in cheek. Funny. Okay. They they pulled it up. But again, getting back to our group. No problems. You could sit and listen to our group sing. 
and it was fine. Uh, karaoke snobbery. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. that's our title. <laughs> we were good. Everybody else was bad. You know what? A is A. <laughs> I know what I heard. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe maybe it's going to die again. Hopefully, not at Colleen's. I don't think it is. I think it's found its place. You know, it was fun overall, but you know, wow. <laughs> That's so funny though. But both of us last night were at different karaoke bars. What What are the chances of that? Yeah. They're as, everywhere, right? As my son would say, apparently a hundred percent. All right. Good enough. Good enough. All right. Till next week. Out. Out. Politics, some culture and craft beer. Politics, and that is why you're here. Politics, Adam's up.